This week's episode is brought to you by The Polar Room. Pyrotherapy is the newest trend towards achieving optimal health and beauty. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello, guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Left of Field. I'm Danny Kavanagh, and today I'm very excited to be joined by Liz Parnov. She's an Australian-Russian pole vaulter. Now, she's been in the sport since she was about nine years old. She followed in her famous pole vaulting family's footsteps. And along the way, though, she struggled with a lot of injury setbacks and uh, how to deal with body image in a professional sporting environment. It's a great chat, and I hope you enjoy it. Liz, welcome to Left of Field. How are you going today? I'm going very well, thank you, and thank you for having me. No, no, thank you. How is training going at the moment? Yeah, it's going really well. We are in a really heavy phase of pre-season at the moment, so lots of training, lots of reps, lots of heavy weights, but it's actually going really well. Um, I'm really enjoying the mix-up of things, and obviously with COVID and everything, we've had to change our plans, but... No, everything's going really great. Training for pole vault, what does that involve? Are you just jumping all the time or what is what is actually involved in it? Yeah, no, so we actually don't jump as much as everyone thinks. We only jump twice a week and when we're competing, sometimes that might only be once a week just because it's so demanding on your body, the pole vault itself. So like my week generally has a couple of sprint sessions then some tempo running sessions. I do two big weight sessions a week, gymnastics, plyos. It's a bit of everything. And I think that's why I love it so much is because the training never gets stale and there's so many things that you can always be working on. A lot of mental training as well. How do you prepare yourself for the jump then if you're, you know, always just in the gym? Yeah, good question. I think like pole vault is really like you can be as fit as you want and like in the best shape ever, but if your head's not in it, like it's just not going to happen. So I think that just naturally happens through the training process. You definitely build to that point of being mentally prepared. So you mentioned you're about to go to training now. What kind of training will you be doing today then? Yeah, so this afternoon I've got sprints and then I've actually got a pole vault session after that as well. So these sessions on a Monday usually go between three and four hours, so they're pretty full on. <laughs> wow. And do you train with others or are you training just one-on-one with your coach? For these sessions, we have two people. I train with another girl, Lauren. And then for the other sessions, we kind of train more in a group. And then as it gets close to the season, we tend to jump one-on-one with the coaches just for more specific fine-tuning things. But I actually quite like jumping with someone else because it just kind of makes it a bit more fun and it simulates more of like a competition environment because obviously when you're out there, you're not on your own. Exactly. And it's such an individual sport. You must be very competitive. Yeah. Let's take it back (laughs) to the beginning. How did you... How did you get involved in pole vault? I know your family is uh, very much involved in the sport. Yeah, so I don't know. Pole vault just happened for me. It was never something I said, oh, I want to try, I want to do. I was just kind of raised into it from a really young age. My dad was a pole vaulter and then he became a coach. And then as a little girl, I just got dragged along to the track and then it just kind of progressed from there. And I can't remember ever not pole vaulting. So I've been doing it since I was probably like 10. Um, and then never did any other little athletics. Like I played some school sports, 
Like, I love playing netball, love netball so much, but obviously couldn't do that just because of the injuries. But no, it's just always been pole vault. And yeah, I love it. It's just so much fun. Obviously, you're one of four girls and all of you did pole vaulting and your sister took it up first. Did you want to follow in her mm-hmm. footstep? Yeah, definitely. I just always got dragged along. You know, if one of the kids was going, then we all went kind of thing. And instead of sitting there and being bored, I guess I'd just get involved. And then as we got older, we are like best friends. And so that made it really fun that, you know, we could be together and do everything together. And that definitely made me love it more. Along with that, does there come pressure from the family then? Like when I was younger, I think... I thought there was and then as I've gotten older and I've like realized and grown up and stuff like they're just there really isn't and I think I put it all on myself and I think that they sometimes expect me to do certain things and then when I speak with them about it they're like you're being ridiculous like we couldn't care less whether you're a pole vaulter or not like you just happen to be good at it and we want you to succeed at whatever you're good at but say if you wanted to be a violin player we would 100% back you doing that so no there's definitely no pressure. And how was it being coached by your father in the beginning? Him and I have very similar personalities, so we always got along really well. Him and my sister would clash a bit because she's a bit of a hothead. So they paddled it out a bit, but we got along really well. Like, I never had any issues, and I loved it with him. And we just found towards the end that I needed to be pushed harder. And being my dad, he would struggle to push me to those points of, say, potentially risking an injury or doing something a bit more riskier. He would struggle to let go of the father figure and be the coach. Yeah, he's obviously really coached a lot of famous Australian pole vaulters like Steve Hooker is yeah. probably one of his most successful and other world-class athletes. Did you able to learn a lot from what he picked up from them? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like Ever since I can remember, like my first trip to Europe, I was 14 and I was tagging along with Steve Hooker and all these guys in their entourage just with my dad and seeing it all and being exposed to it. And only now that I'm older, I'm like, wow, I'm so lucky to have seen that. And there's so many valuable things I can take from that. But when you're so young and it's just kind of the norm for you, you don't appreciate it as much. But, yeah, it was definitely so amazing being around that environment and so many things to take from it. And uh, obviously he's very much involved in the sport and still encourages you. Is it great having his experience around? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I still talk to him about everything I'm doing and we still bounce ideas off one another and that'll never change because he is really like a legend of the sport and all his experience and knowledge just outweighs anything that, you know, I've ever seen or experienced myself. So that'll never change. Your debut at the London Olympics in 2012. Explain to me what that was like putting on the green and gold. Yeah, it was incredible as I'm sure everyone would say but I was really young and I do kick myself a bit now because I think it all just happened so fast and I didn't expect for it to happen. I had actually planned World Juniors that year which I was going to and that was a few weeks before the Olympics and then I just happened to qualify for the Olympics and it all just kind of happened so fast. The whirlwind that the Olympics was I definitely didn't soak it up as much as I should have and I guess as I've gotten older And I've realized how hard it is to make an Olympic team. I'm just like, wow, like that is something that I did and it's so amazing. But I want it even more now that I know what it's worth. What was that moment when you made that jump to make the Olympic team? Where were you and what was the feeling like? I was actually in Perth, just at one of our local club competitions on a Friday night. And yeah, it was just one of those nights where everything kind of just, just fell into place. And I think I'd actually had a bit of a sore back that night and... 
we just kind of went in with a mindset of, oh, we'll just see how it goes. We won't push it, you know, no pressure, no expectations, and then bang, it just happens. And that tends to be the case when you go into the competitions with no added pressure and you're just going there to have fun, you tend to show your best results. And then going to the Olympics, uh, what was the highlight there over in London? Oh, God, it feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> I think just being out there and, like, I'd done a lot of international competitions by that point, but I think just having that exposure and experience of that crowd and that environment that now that will never rattle me because I've, I've been there and I know what it feels like. And you came back and did a lot of intense training after that and then you had a bit of a mishap in training. Explain to us how you broke your tibia. Yeah, so came back and then obviously a few years had passed and we were in preparation for the real Olympics and I'd had a really good season. Everything was going well and we were preparing you know, to head overseas in a few months to get ready for Rio. And I just had an accident at training and I broke my leg and it was just a freak thing that has never happened before. And it was a horrible, horrible time, but it definitely shaped me to be who I am now. And looking back, I wouldn't I wouldn't ever change that experience because I learned so much from it. Did you know when you were falling that you had broken your leg? It happened so fast that I didn't actually fall. I kind of like ran into it and hit the mat really hard and I knew instantly that it was bad because the pain is just so severe and my knee just swelled up like a balloon immediately but I didn't know obviously that that would be it for the next year so that took me a little while to kind of wrap my head around. Preparing for the Rio Olympics what was that like you know hearing the devastating news that you weren't compete? It was definitely heartbreaking and it's one of those horrible moments where you've got like all these plans and everything set up to go in one direction and then literally in an instant it's just flipped and I think for a long time I didn't believe that it was that bad and had the operation and everything and I was very certain that I could make a comeback and that we'd have time and it was just like no it's like you're literally not walking until the Olympics are on like it's just not going to happen and I think that took me a really long time to kind of get a grasp of and come to terms with because it's devastating when like you put your heart and soul into something day in day out and then just in an instant it's gone and did you consider giving up the sport at that time no definitely not because I was still so young then that I knew that but yeah it, it didn't cross my mind no and so how did you stay so positive during that full recovery it was a really slow and lengthy process and I think that was good because it just let me kind of I could be a normal you know 20 young 20 year old girl for a little while there you know I could go out with my friends I could eat what I wanted and I just kind of relaxed and took a step back because I hadn't had that ever really since I was 14 years old onward it kind of just happened 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 for me and then that kind of made me step back and think you know do I want to do this why am I doing this and ask those hard questions and from that, I got the answers that I wanted and that fire within to kind of really take it seriously now and push forward and see what I could do. Yeah, and since coming back, have you seen your mentality change? You know, what have you really worked on and what have you learned? It's funny, like I feel it was kind of like the rebirth of my career in a sense because it made me realise how badly I wanted it and what things that like I just needed to focus on. So I'd always had this image as a young girl that, you know, didn't want to be too muscly, you know, I didn't want to look kind of like a boy and too bulky. I wanted to still be feminine but also be strong and you just can't, it's just not something that's a reality being an athlete. So I fully accepted at that point that 
to be the best that I could be and to achieve what I wanted to, I had to let go of that mentality and just be an athlete and be okay with that. And that was the biggest thing. And since I've changed my body, I've literally put on 10 kilos of muscle since then. And in result of that, my performance has skyrocketed. So it's a massive turning point for me and I learned so many things. Do you think that's an issue with professional athletes, especially females, that they have kind of crossroads where they have to decide how seriously they want to take it and how important strength is? Oh, absolutely. Like, and everyone had told me for so long, like, you're being ridiculous. You never look like a man, like, blah, 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 all this. And I was just like, no, like, I want to be a size eight. Like, I want to look good in a bikini. Like, you know, definitely now I have moments where I'm like, oh, I just can't wear a spaghetti strap top. Like, it's just not my style. But the joy I get of being an athlete and what it gives me is more important than any of that external a potential gold medal for your country is a bit more than exactly. just a, a singlet on the weekend to get a coffee. <laughs> exactly right. And I think that comes with maturity and age and I think just like experiencing it for yourself to realise it is just rubbish to have that sort of headspace. But it is definitely an issue and I know that so many girls go through it and sometimes you can't come to terms with that and it's a real shame because I think it really limits your potential. And so have you seen your results improve since you've put on all this mm. strength and muscle? Oh, absolutely. It was definitely my gap that I really needed to improve in. And each year I'm like growing and growing and growing. And even now I'm 26 and I feel like I'm only beginning. And it's really bizarre because like part of me feels like I'm so old and then another part of me is like I feel like I've just kind of understood what it is to be an athlete and how I need to behave and what I need to do. And it's actually really exciting times for me right now. Are you looking for a new way to boost your overall health, fitness and wellness? Have you heard of cryotherapy? Basically, it's an ice bath. So you stand in this chamber for about three minutes in very cold temperatures. But I promise you it's worth it because afterwards your skin and your muscles feel amazing. Athletes are doing it. Liz gave it a go and she gave it two thumbs up. And so did I. And even though I am no elite athlete, I definitely felt its benefits. The Subiaco Polar Room are offering all my lovely listeners 20% off your first session. So just go in there, tell them the code left of field when booking, and you can try out this new form of therapy for yourself. I really recommend it. During a pre-season training, is that for the next Olympics? Yeah, so we're kind of planning, hopefully if everything goes the right way with COVID, to be competing again by December. And then those competitions will be our preparation towards the Olympics. So I'm preparing for December, which is the stepping stone to the Olympics. So, yeah. Do you have to re-qualify for Tokyo 2021 now? Yes. But I'm not still 100% sure what they're doing with the exact qualification periods and dates. I think that's all still a little bit up in the air. But, yeah, essentially that's kind of what the mentality is. Was that tough for you, finding out that you'd spent the last four years preparing for this Olympics and then it was kind of pushed back are you worried that you might not qualify again I actually was fine with it I think because of what happened with Rio when this happened I was like I've done this like I can do it again it's not an issue and to be honest with you it's worked in my favor because coming into this year I had quite a few injuries and so my training was a bit interrupted and I definitely wasn't in my best shape leading into this year's Olympics so I'm actually really happy that I've got this extra year to just get some really good training in and try to stay healthy and injury free and that will really boost me hopefully to another level. Are you feeling confident? How are you going on the world stage at the moment? 
Yeah, I'm feeling good. It's really hard to say because obviously it's early days. And like you said, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen. They might push it back again. Oh, God knows what, what they're going to do. But no, I am feeling really good. And finishing off last season, I think I finished ranked in the mid to high 20. Pretty happy with that. I mean, obviously there's a long way to go, but it's all heading in the right direction. What's your goal for this year then? Where would you like to see uh, yourself? Oh, goodness. <laughs> As high as I Number can go, one. Really, I, yeah, obviously, I want to be the best. But realistically, if I can get a PB and just keep on improving on all those aspects, I'll be so stoked. And, you know, I definitely want to make the team. And then my goal would be to make the Olympic final. Yeah. So what are you jumping at the moment and what's the next PB? What's the next hurdle? At the moment, I'm just still jumping off a short run. The figures are pretty irrelevant. But my PB is 460. So, you know, this season got cut short and I think I was definitely on track to be a 470 jumper so I don't know I'm hoping maybe next year at a few and what was Olympics qualification it was 470 and then it was also a ranking system so they pick out the top 32 girls ranked in the world so I was in by rank but not by height so I'm hoping next year I'll be able to just get the height out and then seal the deal with that what's the feeling like when you're falling after a jump explain that to us I don't know, it, it honestly happens so fast that like you start your run up and then before you know it, it's over. I think for the spectator, it seems quite glamorous, I don't know, spectacular, but when you're in it, you're thinking about so many things that the, the moment you take a breath, it's over kind of thing. But you definitely notice the higher heights, you are falling for longer and you do get a bit of that the butterfly feeling. You mentioned that, you know, you do a lot of training. Do you have time for anything else in your life? Who is Liz without pole vaulting? No, I don't really have time for much else because by the time I finish all my training in uni, I'm just so tired. I literally just want to lay on the couch and just binge watch Netflix and just be left alone. What are you watching on Netflix at the moment? Oh, we've literally watched everything during COVID. I'm just like obsessed with The Real Housewives. So I'm watching that at the moment. Guilty pleasure. Yeah, just something kind of mind-numbing, to be honest with you. In my free time, if I do have it, I love hanging out with my friends. I love shopping and going to the beach and going out for coffee and trying different restaurants, just like the usual stuff. And you do like your fashion and you're partnered with Adidas. You know, what's the influence with fashion in your life? Oh, I love it. Like, I think it's just a great way to be able to express yourself, especially being a woman. I think it gives us a lot of power, like, out there on the field to show our character and our personalities. And Adidas has the trendiest clothes. Would you like to maybe design something for them one day? Oh, maybe. I mean, that would be nice. Maybe some, like, competition gear or, like, a spike or something for the comp. Cool. And you mentioned uni. What are you studying at the moment? When I finished high school, I went straight into uni and did, I think it was a year of or two years of a communications degree. And then I stopped for five years. And so I went back this year and just trying to finish that degree off. So I'm studying communications, but I'm actually really loving it. As a mature age student, I think I know what I want to do now. And so it makes me actually want to be present, which is nice. (laughs) Why did you decide to go back to uni this year? Definitely, I don't want to be caught off guard, you know. I am getting older and I want to have things in place for post-athletics. I think COVID also, just some extra time, I think, to focus on that. And I think studying and training just fit really well together. You know, studying, you can relax, rest your body and use your mind. And then training, it's like full throttle. So they work really well together, I've noticed. 
What's the dream then post pole vaulting? At the moment, I think I would really, like I've said this all along, but as I'm getting older, I'm thinking more and more it's the right direction. I'd love to get into some sort of TV broadcasting or sports reporting. I'd love to be able to leverage being a pole vaulter for the last 10 plus years and do something with that. Would you like to bring the sport maybe into a bit more of the spotlight? What do you love so much about the sport that you wish other people maybe appreciated more? Because it's not really spoken about much, is it? Yeah, it's not. And it's a real shame, I think, that in Australia, our team sports get all the spotlight, which is fair enough. Like, I understand it. But athletics is, pole vault for me in particular, something I've always done. And I just think it's so much fun. And we train so many different parts of our bodies to do so many different things. And it's it's really a beautiful thing to watch. What do you think are the benefits of an individual sport? Everyone talks about how great team sports are, but what do you like about in an individual sport? I love that it's all on me. So like whether I have a good or a bad competition or I perform well or bad, you know, I don't have anyone else to turn around and put the blame on. Like it's all on me. And then also if it all goes really well, then that's my moment. And I know that I'm the one that has done that. So I think that's why I really love the individual side of things. I mean, I would love to try team sport because I think it would just be so much fun. But yeah, I'm an individual sport girl. (laughs) And what's a motto you like to live by? I think in terms of, you just got to have fun with it. I really feel like for a long time, I kind of took it all a little bit too seriously, not in that direction. And I found now over the years that I do it because it's so much fun and it brings me so much joy. That's why I do it and I love it. And if you don't, if you're not doing something and having fun with it, then what's the point? Exactly. Don't want to waste your time. Life's short. You might as well enjoy the ride. Yeah. And any advice you have for young female athletes that are looking to take their passion for athletics into a professional spotlight? Definitely just stick out with it. It is a long road. I think especially being a female, there are so many ups and downs, you know, as you mature and you become a woman and you go through your teens and your body changes. It can seem like sometimes you drop off the wagon a bit, but I think if you just stick to it and just like really give it a good crack and just Try phase out that mentality of being that girly, that image, that model image that we seem to all put up on a pedestal, which we shouldn't. Think just stick it out and give it a good crack and you just don't know where you end up because starting out young, which I've seen for myself, and then being a mature adult athlete, it's two completely different things. Put everything into it. You never know where you could end up. Well, good luck with all your training hopefully some good results are coming through for you and end of the year and you can actually get back out there competing and then tokyo here you come thank you so much yeah fingers crossed we all get on top of this covid and everything has back to normal thank you so much for having me Thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Please go back and listen to some of my previous episodes and like and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen. That really helps me because it moves me up in the charts and means people can find my podcast. I'll be back again with another episode next week. So stay tuned.